Welcome to the Tomorrow's Visitors Podcast. My name is Kieran Swale. I'm a Tourism Innovation Specialist at Southern Regional College. I'm a big supporter of local tourism and bringing people together. And in this podcast series, I'm going to be talking about tourism in Ireland, North and South, about emerging visitor trends and new technologies, uh, new visitor experiences and culture and heritage and visitor attractions. I'm going to be talking to the connectors from tour guides to food and drink producers tour operators and agents to accommodation providers, trying to get a handle on what tomorrow's visitors are actually looking for, and finally then sharing some practical tips for tourism businesses. So for the latest episode, log on to tomorrowsvisitors.com, or if you have any ideas for future podcasts, please get in touch. Welcome to Tomorrow's Visitors Podcast, episode number five. It's Kieran Swale here, and today I'm in conversation with Colin O'Neill of the Colin Glen Trust. Well, there's so many interesting developments happening in the Colin Glen. Recently, they had a, a new golfing driving range called the Top Tracer. They put in a 3G dome. But at the Forest Park, there are very significant developments going in opening this summer. Um, they've got Ireland's first ever Alpine Coast toboggan, the Black Bull, which is 565 metres in length. And then they've got two zip lines going in, one called the Forest Flyer, which is 300 metres, and the other called the River Rapid, which is 700 metres. This, on top of other recent developments, is going to really put Colin Glen on the map. Colin and I have a great chat, and uh, there's lots of other bits and pieces we, we, we chat about of working in partnership with other agencies and looking at the economic impact of tourism in the region. And uh, this is a very positive podcast, so I know you're going to enjoy it. So without any more... Here's over to Colin. Kieran Swill, tomorrow's visitors. And this morning, I'm delighted to have Colin O'Neill from the Colin Glen Trust and Leisure Group. Uh, Colin, a very good morning to you. Morning, Kieran. How are you? I'm good this morning. It's a windy, windy old morning here. Colin, <laughs> thanks for coming on to tomorrow's visitors. And uh, I know we've been chatting for the last week or two. And um, what will be really, really useful today is for listeners to hear a little bit about Colin Glen Leisure, uh, the background to the uh, current uh, project and where you were going, and maybe kicking off by talking a little bit about the existing tourism and leisure assets. If you could give our listeners an insight into that, Colin. Yes, absolutely, Kieran. It it, it is a really exciting time for Colin Glen at the minute with um, some really major and significant developments, but. Going back sort of 30 odd years when the, the trust was first set up as a, as a charity, the, the real purpose of it was just to clean up the Collin River area. Um, and uh, it was an area that had been largely neglected and was um, rife with fly tipping and a bit of industrial tipping as well in and around the area. So what we have now, um, following on from 30 years of community planting and path regeneration and um, really looking at, at trying to, to create an asset for the local community is a, a wonderful 200-acre forest park, beautiful, stunning location with fantastic views over the top, um, up at the, the plateau at the top of the park with views all over South Down, all the way over to North Down and indeed up into to Antrim as well. So a fantastic location right on the edge of Belfast, um, right beside the, the, M, the M1. So it was uh, funded, it was an environmental project really at the start, Kieran, and and in, in 94, uh, the department um, gifted us, if you like, or, or gave us a lease 
on uh, half of uh, what was the old uh, Don Murray golf course. I remember uh, it well. Uh, I used to play on it, Colin. <laughs> well, well, it's, uh, it, it was actually a very good golf course, and, and I, I'm not 100% convinced on this, but apparently it was... Uh, uh, when the DeLorean plant was built, they um, they sold the ground to build the road through it to ah, get to yeah. the DeLorean plant. So I don't know how true that is, but that's the sort it of... It was a very forgiving golf course, Colin, because you could <laughs> go across three fairways. <laughs> but a lovely, a lovely old course, yeah. It is, and and it still is, and and in fact, over the last couple of years now, we've really we've really been lucky. We've got a, a very good head greenkeeper who uh, came to us from Beaver. So yeah. uh, he's done fantastic work for us and, and the course is in great condition. And in fact, just sort of as a bit of an aside here, and like with uh, with COVID and the, the lockdowns and then the use of a bit of technology and being able to buy membership online uh, with our new booking system, we've gone from 50 odd members to, to over 600 members now. So um, we're, we're really delighted. And, and I think those members are surprised by just how good our nine-hole golf course is. So um, you, that's one of the success stories. Colin, are you capped? Well, no, we're 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 getting close to that, but we're we're paying very very close attention to the the uh, booking sheet, if you like. So the fact that that people, you know, we're not doing it week at a time. We're you're more or less free to book whenever you want mm-hmm. online and book your tea time. So we're finding that there's still. A availability yes of course those peak times and we're finding the sort of the bright evenings would be busy as well so we're getting close to where we think would be our maximum but we're still open at the minute for for a few more yet and and naturally Kieran, you'll expect a few to drop off those who who sort of joined last year and maybe coming up for renewal now so um we're having those discussions regularly but we're not quite there yet we don't think okay Okay. So just uh, back, back to the sort of the, the history and, uh, of Colin Glenn, then obviously that golf course was, the view of it was was to make us self-sustaining and self-sufficient. But as I, as I alluded to there, you know, with 50 odd members, and that's where we were sort of more or less sticking at year after year, there just wasn't the, the income from it. Um, and on the back of that, the strategy wasn't properly thought out within the department where, uh, yes, we'll give you this golf course. You can make some money, but we're going to cut your funding uh, because you can make that money. So the organization got to a point when I started about 10 years ago where it was maybe one more cut away from closing and just not being viable. So I think we immediately then started to look at where the organization could go. And uh, we identified leisure and indeed tourism and adventure tourism specifically as something that we should start tapping into. So we had a couple of quick wins uh, very early in my tenure, Kieran. We we, um, we had a driving range building that was there that was that wasn't open uh, for a long for various reasons, which I'll not go into. But um, so we we rebuilt that driving range and got it going, and then we um, opened up some three G pitches uh, just to help generate a bit of revenue help us with a bit of cash flow and, and to help sustain us. Yeah. And then really we moved into looking at the Forest Park, 200 acre Forest Park with a fairly dodgy reputation, if you like, with antisocial behavior, which you would get in any urban park as well. And it really wasn't, it was, it, it was a beautiful, beautiful setting, but it just wasn't the sort of place that even local people would recommend going to. So 
we had a few uh, good projects there, the Skytrack high ropes course, low ropes course with the, the short zip lines and the power fan designed and the climbing wall were put in. Uh, we got funding for that. Um, and really, I suppose, we uh, the big change came when we opened the Gruffalo Trail. Um, it was uh, inspired, I have to say, by my my two children and reading them um, Julia Donaldson stories night after night after night. Um, and it just it just occurred to me one day. Well, look, this this Gruffalo character lives in a forest, and I, I'm I'm managing a forest, so could we not combine the two? So after several years of sort of back and forth with uh, uh, the image rights holders and the uh, global copyright holders and Julia Donaldson herself, we managed to get permission to to build the Gruffalo Trail. And that when was that, Colin? So that I think that's that's up now since about 2016. Okay. Um, and um, you know, again, it, it was a it was a risk, obviously. You, you know, with with uh, with vandalism and stuff like that. But uh, touch wood, we've we've got away fairly well. We got good community buy-in from it. There was good stewardship from it. Local schools and even preschool groups were coming in and using it. It was a free asset for the community here, and so. Really, what we what we suddenly found was mums were coming in with their children. Uh, people were traveling from further afield to come to it. People were traveling from all over Ireland to come to it um, because it was. It just captured the imagination. It captured that sort of early family market, you know. And and really, it was it was something. Yeah, that was and you're, you're expanding your assets there at that time. And I know we're going to talk about about future, but because you have the. I've been there on a birthday party with my sons on the ropes course, but actually, yes. you know, you have that. And then with your facility, obviously to, to uh, be able to facilitate birthday parties, et cetera. And then you have the Gruffalo trail, which, you know, appeals to all ages, not just young children, but older parents or grandparents for that matter. Um, yeah. So, you know, you're from those two, what I would call, you know, significant asset uh, installations, you've really broadened your market appeal of, of an area that was certainly not perceived to be a leisure destination. No. And I think that those, those two really became our hooks. Yeah. You know, those were the things that were going to create a bit of brand awareness as well. As I say, you know, you, you put a social media campaign out with anything Gruffalo related and it takes off, you know, yeah. you know and I think, because it's still a popular book and and the the, the popular films uh, as well, you know, it 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 should continue. And a, and a couple of years ago, Kieran, I'll be honest with you, I kind of thought maybe it, it had run its course. Mm-hmm. Um, but but really, if you just keep plugging away at that social media in and around that that young market, you're going to get new people coming all the time. So um, you know, we have packaged it up quite well. We we theme our sort of main seasonal events around, you know, St. Patrick's Day or Christmas or Halloween around the Gruffalo as well. So it it is really a major hook for us to bring people in. Doesn't make us an awful lot of money, but it allows us to become uh, more aware, if you like, more known uh, throughout the different markets. So yes, and then you add on um, archery, which we do in the park, laser tag, which we do in the park. We worked with youth groups as well. So we were getting quite a few groups coming in and doing team building and um, I suppose different events like that in and around young people and and those people who were looking for training and so on as well. So we've never really lost sight of our role within the community on top of the need to become 
uh, a tourism and I suppose like in the last 15 months Colin I mean you know out the great outdoors and access to forest parks yeah. has been very very important yeah I think um sort of March in 2020 whenever uh, lockdown became a, a reality um we were looking at to see what other people were doing in terms of parks and actually you know quite a few were closing and and I, I just thought you know what we don't need to close mm. people will need to get out and do exercise in an urban built-up area you know if you're locked in your house more so than than sort of maybe in rural areas Definitely. it's important to have green space to get into and at that time if you remember the weather was fantastic and, and well, the spring was was budding regardless of what was going on in the on the pandemic front so I think it was a real good decision um, to stay open and we made sure we our gates were open um, first thing in the morning and closed up last thing at night. And, and really we had so many local people coming in and using the park and we, we kept on the social media. You know, we talked about nature. We talked about what you can see within the forest park. We talked about, you know, birds nesting and um uh, what plants were coming into bloom at what time. So we we actually created a good series there with Paul um, Bennett, our, our senior warden, mm-hmm. telling people what to expect within the forest park. And, so and for those that haven't been, uh, I have been, and uh, we had a previous discussion where I've uh, been on it with a bike, <laughs> a mountain yes. bike in your, in your park. But for those who haven't been, so when you go from the entrance to Colin Glen Forest Park, I suppose Colin right up the top, which is part of the Gruffalo Trail, just give us an idea of distance and time that to walk there and the, the gradients and how difficult or easy it is. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I, you know, to, to relate it into sort of um, a run, uh, yeah. park run obviously is, is, is based there. They haven't been um, uh, taken, they haven't been happening for a while, but sure. uh, there's a nice 5K, let's call it undulating, Kieran. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a few. Smiling at that one. <laughs> there's a few ups and downs in it um and certainly the i i would say it's it's a more challenging uh park run but you know you're getting people of all abilities loving it and absolutely saying it's one of the best park park runs there are because it's not just your flat ordinary um uh, sort of route so uh i would say to to walk from the center up to the top of the park is probably 25 30 minutes Okay. Um, and obviously you can you can go at your own pace and go at your own leisure and there's plenty of places to stop and, and admire the, the scenery and the river and the sounds of the river as well. So, you know, it, it's it's entirely up to yourself. It, it can be as hard as you make it, as hard as you want it to be, or it can be as leisurely as you want. But yeah, there's there's one or two hills, which are quickly followed by downhills as well. So, um and again, as I was listening to one of your po- previous podcasts, where you had the the quote about climbing a mountain, yeah. uh, and certainly it's worth it's worth the effort. It's worth stopping as you go and enjoying the scenery around you, and it's worth the effort to get to the top because the views at the plateau, Kieran, are just stunning. So well, I, I um, definitely can attest to that. Albeit, I think I went off piste, as they say, <laughs> with my friend Connor. We went we went slightly different direction on advice of one of your uh, local local community. But yes, but the views were absolutely spectacular. And what is so refreshing? I live in Carried Off Collins, so in County Down. But um, yeah. I guess uh, you know, until I took up cycling, I have to say I haven't been that familiar with the Belfast Hills. And yeah. um, I'm really putting Colin Glenn in there 
because the views from there are absolutely spectacular. And we went on there and we cycled up to, to Davis Mountain. But the views there were just fantastic. Really, now we've got a good day to do it. And, you know, again, yeah. for anyone, you know, who hasn't been to this part of Belfast, which I suppose historically down the years, it just wouldn't have been accessible or it wouldn't yeah. have been seen to be a place where you go to for a day out. Um, it really is up and coming and, and uh, it, you know, that forest park where I was, was unspoilt. It was natural. Um, yeah. You know, the views were just, just superb. And Colin, if I may maybe just bridge that then, I, I'll come back to tourism and um, you've some really exciting things and I was able to see them when I was uh, over at Colin's Den Forest Park about four weeks ago. You've some really exciting developments. Could you tell our listeners a little bit of what's coming up? Sure, I think um, uh, probably about 2015, I launched a, a sort of future vision of, of Colin Glen that really was focused on, on bringing visitors into the area. Um, and it was uh, three phases. The first phase really concentrating on revenue generators for us, if you like, to, to ensure our sustainability. So that included the Top Tracer driving range, which opened uh, just before lockdown, the, the 3G covered dome, Innovative things that the top tracer diving range was the first in Ireland, and I think there's only one other in Ireland still. Um, when, but it's not it your when did that open? So that was that was uh, I think it had just getting close to its first year by the time of lockdown. So it was 2019 yeah. that it that it opened, and we had a great start with it. And it's 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 a complete transformation of a driving range. Driving range, you know, you could sort of describe them as as 10 sheds with, uh, you know, green space and you just go and whack a load of golf balls. This is carpeted, heated, proper seats in it, three or four people per bay with all the top tracer technology. Um, so your ball's being tracked and you can play virtual courses, the likes of Pebble Beach, uh, one of the famous courses in America. So it was something completely different. And uh, since we've opened that, and even even more so now since the the uh, relaxation of the restrictions in April, the place is absolutely buzzing. It's it's absolutely flying. I think golf, which you know may have been in the doldrums, has got a new lease of life. So we have that as part of that phase one. Then our three G dome, the biggest uh, dome for for playing football um in in Belfast and that opened <laughs> that opened like two weeks before lockdown so we've had a bit of a stop start year with it um but it's going well now and then the the the, the really exciting ones within the forest park uh, is Ireland's first ever alpine coaster or toboggan uh which we've named the black bull run and that's due to open in the middle of June and uh, it, it's it's been built and it's been sitting there and with lockdowns and restrictions and so on, uh, we haven't really been able to get a commission. So the company who built it from uh, Austria, a company called Brandar, are due to come over at the start of June and get all that set up and ready for us to open it to the public. And how long and then we have, on? How long is that? So it's about a 500 meter course. Um, so it's it's a bit like a roller coaster. You know, it's it's on the ground, following the contours of the ground, going through tunnels, a couple of twists and turns, and then you get pulled back up to the top. The difference in a coaster, and like a roller coaster in this is, uh, and this is why I kind of went for it, was because you've got a brake in your wee car that you sit in. So uh, you control your own speed. So, um, you know, you, you can go up to 25 kilometers an hour, if you want, 
or you can take it nice and leisurely and go down at your own pace and then just get pulled back up. So um, it is slightly different from a from a roller coaster in that your individual car, you can have yourself and, and maybe a child in the car with you yeah. and you've got a brake so you can control your speed. Um, so that's... that's uh, a, well, I, there's no, I, I have been on one. We chatted before, Colin, in uh, yes. in Holland, uh, yes. uh, near Dunreal Amusement Park. But I mean, I, I'm not aware of anything like this in Ireland at all. No, there isn't. There's there's nothing like it. There's certainly no sort of that ground coaster. Um, I think there's one maybe somewhere in the UK. So yeah. again, it's it's innovative. It's new. It's something different because. You know, let's face it. We we need things that are different. We need things that are going to stand out above everybody else to be positioned to get them to in that area. So, um, and then we've got uh, two sets of zip lines coming as well, Kieran, within the next uh, few weeks as well. So, um, traditionally we've been calling them the short zip line and the long zip line, but we had a schools competition there. And uh, the schools named them the winning entry for the short one was the the forest flyover and the long one was it follows the Colin River is called River Rapid. And that's where the name the Black Bull Run came from for the coaster as well. So there's a great uptake in the schools for for that competition. Over 30 schools from right across Ireland took part in that. So I think we have got the word out there that this is happening and it's coming to Colin Glen. The long zip line. Uh, the River Rapids zip line is 700 meters long, and the short one is 300 meters long. And it's, it's on paper, Kieran, yes. when you look at those, you go, "Well, the short one's kind of it's just all right." But see, when you stand there Mm-mm. underneath the, the here, here, hold on, hold on, I mean, 300 meters on a zip line is, is <laughs> believe me, the 700 it, it, meters one is going to be wow. 700, 700, you, you're climbing a hundred foot tar Ooh. just to take yeah. off. You know, the, but even the, the short one, the short one is is uh, no easy street either. You know, it's it's still, I think it's about a 45, 50 foot tower. Um, and then you jump off and you fly down through the trees uh, down to the landing zone and then jump off that. And if you're brave enough, you go and do the, the long one, the the, uh, the river rapid one. So real exciting uh, attractions yeah. uh, that's with something right up your street yeah, in a, a five kilometer mountain bike track which is oh. nearly complete we just need right. to get a, a bit of the contractors get the contractors off site and then reinstate sections of it that have been damaged by the the works that are going on and so there's a pump track and a five kilometer mountain bike track in there as well on right, top yeah. of everything else oh that's true that's listen you've a lots and lots of stuff which kind of leads nicely so i mean with all this development going on, you will be useful for anyone listening to give us an idea because obviously what's happening, I mean, if I just track back for a second, there are, yeah. you know, your top tracer driving range. I mean, that's so innovative. Uh, I haven't really played golf for, for a long time, but that would even, as a, a beginner, attract me, never mind Absolutely. the 3G dome. And now you've come in with the Alpine coaster toboggan and the two zip lines, the Forest Flyer and the River Rapid. I mean, on top of an, um, a revamped, if you like, a revisited 5K mountain trail. Listen, that's that's an outdoor adventure park with m- multiple assets for visitors. Yeah. So in terms of employment then, I mean, um, what do you envisage? Imagine these new assets are going to be open by the end of June or beginning of July. So are you? do you have an idea in terms of employment and full-time or part-time or casual labour? How many people are going to be employed in the new broad umbrella of Colin Glen Leisure? 
Yeah, and I think just to sort of go back to to when we started, when I started there, you know, the guts of 10 years ago, I suppose nearly 11 now, uh, there was kind of three full-time staff and four part-time staff. Now we're, we're currently sitting at 18 full-time staff and, and 29 part-time staff. Um, so all having uh, hourly contracts. So by, by the time all of this opens, because uh, the, the other thing I forgot to mention was our, our land train as well. So we need a couple of drivers for our land train too, uh, which is going to help move people around the park. Uh, we're looking at 50, 50 employees, Kieran, with I would say by by the by July. Brilliant. That really is. That's very, very significant in terms of economic <coughs> economic impact and economic multiplier effect and uh Never mind the actual leisure end of it, which is um, you know giving people things to do, but actually providing yeah. employment for the local community uh, in an outdoor environment is fantastic. It really is, really is. Yeah, no, yeah. And one of one of the things we've prided ourselves on as well is we we deliver um, schemes for local young people to get into employment as well. So the likes of the Princess Trust program, and we've run other programs as well, funded by Big Lottery. So. Um, quite a few of our staff have come through uh, such schemes and um, one guy in particular, a guy called Ryan, is now one of our, our duty managers and came through one of those schemes and, and real, real fantastic guy, works so hard for us and is, and is brilliant at his job. So um, it's not just the the number of jobs, Karen. It's, it's the people who, you know, we have in those posts and in those jobs, local people who have worked hard believe and share the vision of what um, and feel that they're getting something out of it so you know hopefully the community see, sees that sort of that number as a as a local benefit if you like so you're going to have an increase quite a significant increase of footfall probably by quarter three um yes. in the quarter four of 2021 uh, obviously and we're saying this cautiously <laughs> depending on on what's ahead yeah, so uh, have you got like a visitor management uh, you're thinking of a visitor flow and and, and impacted certain i imagine uh stress points have you thought have been thinking about that yeah and i think uh, again out of every crisis is born um innovation and change and um i think the fact that that with with covid we were really forced down the path of of making sure that you really managed your numbers hmm. uh, and managed the numbers uh, of people attending at any one time. And okay, you're still out in a in a outdoor space, open environment. So you know safety is there in terms of um, social distancing and the ability to do that. But there are going to be pressure points, as you as you rightly say, in and around the the main attractions and car parks and stuff like that. So I think we were we were lucky in terms of our timing last year as well. We were developing a new website, um, and it was just about to go live um, when the uh, lockdown happened. So we revisited uh, the booking system, and actually we put all our product online. So even the driving range, which you know you wouldn't find normally, were and I remember having a discussion with somebody in tourism, um, one of the funders, saying you can't expect somebody who's just coming in to hit a bucket of balls. Yeah. to actually register and, and give details because they were interested in, in monitoring that. But we we did it. Um, so everybody who comes to our driving range has to book a bay. We, we don't have queues anymore, which we did have when we first opened. 
uh, so we can manage the resources that we have. We can manage the flow of people. We can manage the turnarounds. So, uh, just on the golf, so you, the equivalent of tea time slots, really? Within the driving range, yeah. And, and obviously, we, we've, we've put the golf course tea times online as well. So yeah. absolutely exactly like, like that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you, you still get the, the very occasional person who will turn up and risk um, there being a free so the, likes of the So the likes of the, I suppose, say the 700, which I imagine the Rapid River, I imagine there's going to be a demand. I mean, you know, yeah. both travelled a bit and <laughs> I imagine yes. in places that I've been, there's going to be a demand for that run, let's say. Mm-hmm. So do you, can you turn up and go turn up and queue or do you do you do you book that in advance as well or how yeah, does that work? That will be booked in advance as well, Kieran. That's what we're looking at, uh, and we're developing packages to be booked online. So and those packages will obviously be multi attractions within that. So it could be you're doing the coaster um, and the zip line. It could be that you're doing the the two sets of zip lines and the coaster or Skytrek ropes course within that as well. So. Um, we we really will be in control of the of the numbers coming to those attractions. So you, those you're using your technology, your booking technology to yes. keep on top of visitor visitor management, really. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 worked very very well for us within the leisure site. So um, and in, indeed, you know, SkyTrack has been on a booking system for quite some time. So um, the technology is there, the resources there, the website is there, it's functioning all very, very well. So we're currently just working on those packages. And over the next week or so, we should be able to open up the advanced sales for those attractions across those packages. Wow. Now, inevitably, you're going to have people still able to just walk through the park. You know, you don't need to, to book just to, to go for a walk through the park, but which means you'll have a, a good flow of people across the 200-acre site but it's, as you say, those pinch points that we'll be able to manage. And there's other things as well, Kieran, that, that we're, we're really pushing. I'm sure when you were there, um, if you had to ask directions, it's because there's very little signage there. So we're investing about £50,000 on the delivery of new signage throughout the park. There's a new signage strategy, um, which we've written ourselves uh, to, to manage the flow of people from points of entry to car park and to toilets and the movement in and around the forest park between the attractions and just some of the the story behind the forest park, the history and heritage um, that is there as well, that will be told through the, through the new signage, as well as then making sure that, you know, there are maps there as well. Um, there's maps online which can be downloaded and everything is is interactive within the within the web website as well so you know where to go with and of course we've got new car parks across the two sites now there'll be three car parks about 200 spaces enough for coach parking we encourage people to cycle and walk to us as well and we'll have our as i mentioned the the land train as well so uh we've two uh two carriages uh, for transporting people around the forest park as well so that will help ease um, the uh, I suppose the, the amount of walking uh, that can be done within the forest park if people want to uh, not walk up the hills they can, they can just jump on the land train as well and I think that the important part of that is making sure that the environment is protected the paths are there this way with the signage and with the land train people will stick to those paths no oh, damage to the cost to use the land train um I think it'll be a nominal sort of one pound just to sort of jump on, jump off type thing. Um, so just to sort of cover the, not even to cover the cost, but to contribute to the cost of it. 
be in there, yeah. So I, 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 there's so much going on here, Colin. I don't know how you keep on top of all of this, really. It's, it's really fascinating in terms of like a tourism development project um, as well as, a, you know, a, a management project, but actually because you've you, you identified your five-year plan. I'm thinking then in terms of, you know, the wider Belfast area, Colin, and, and, and partners that you work with. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff. We've talked about employment there, but... Um, what will be the you know, when we're looking at economic impact for the wider Belfast yeah. region? Can you give? Have you looked at that? Have you have you done any forward uh, projection planning in terms of what you think numbers of visitors and and wider economic impact will be from from all of these projects? Fuck yeah! I mean, I I think it, you know you if you're you're going for funding on these things, the business cases will all look at those. Yeah, uh, and we, we there's a there's a few highlights that we can look at, but you know going back to uh, where we were a few a few years ago, you know the turnover for the organisation was was about two hundred thousand pounds a year, Kieran. Yeah, and everything was owned by the department. We got the the asset transferred to us on a thousand year lease, so effectively those assets came into all the buildings, all the new attractions became uh, under the ownership of the local. Uh, trust the the charity that community organization so there's about four million pound of assets have now been transferred to us our organization within that local community the turnover is currently in around the one million pound mark up from two hundred thousand. Wow. we expect that to rise by quarter three to about uh, 1.2 and within a year to about 1.5 million pounds turnover per year as i say the, the, those jobs as well uh bring in local people into employment given given them them work and of course about five million pound has been spent on construction of these just within the last couple of years as well that's not to to include the likes of the the original driving range and the original 3g pitches and so on so significant investment through construction and you're talking about around four hundred thousand visitors across both sites per year here and so um huge numbers coming from all over Ireland. Uh, we've we've huge interest from, from Belfast hotels, and we've already formed partnerships with the likes of the Maldron Group, the Balmoral. We're talking to Andres House, who have you know, a good number of hotels within the Belfast area about creating packages. Yeah. So, we, yeah, I think the, the wider economic impact, not just for Colin Glenn, is something significant. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we let others judge whether it's um, a good use of, of uh, uh, public money to, to help develop this project. But, but we do believe that, well, it already has proven to be successful. Uh, and, and we do believe that the economic impact for, for Belfast is significant. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we've talked in the past about the Lexington County Mither of Tito Park. Now, I know that you're never, you're not aspiring to that. But yeah. having said that, how that, I mean, I, I've been a couple of times and how that contributes to the economy there is is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, you've identified when you make that jump up to 400, you know, which is probably going to, in due course in years to come, go to half a million visitors per year. Yes. That's significant. That's very, very significant, particularly in you know a socially what would have been a socially economic deprived area of Belfast, um, yes. uh, very very significant you know where you're located and and where you're going and 
you know, I genuinely mean this, Colin. It's really, really exciting, not just for immediate Colin Glenn, but for the wider Belfast and Northern Ireland and Ireland, you know, as you've identified as well, coming from all over. You know, um, we have the Titanics of this world and we have the Giants Cosm, we have the Morns and we have new outdoor uh, OEM Dark Sky Adventure Centre opening in mid Ulster yes. in the Sperrins, you know, and we've Derry London Derry with all its assets. And uh, I'm going to get into trouble here for not mentioning the Causeway Coast and et cetera, et cetera. But here, you know, back into Belfast, you have an outdoor yeah. uh, visitor asset. And on top of the ones that I mentioned at the outset, there are with the Belfast Hills Partnership, which are totally unspoiled and fantastic as well, yeah. you know, and that's that's that you're part of that actually. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we are, we are, we, we see more so than ever now the need for, um, you know, it's not just a staycation, it's, a, it's the type of staycation, if you like, um, that people want outdoors, people will be looking for outdoors. And I, I think maybe it's just me, Kieran, but I, I've, I've never seen such a groundswell for people on this island to discover this island. Yeah. You know, I think. It, it's obviously we're, we're kind of being forced into it, but people have started now taking a, a, a closer look closer to home at just the history and heritage in and around them and the beauty in and around them. And like I, I took my, my, my family down to Kilbrony Park and, and the last time I think I was in Kilbrony Park was when I was uh, competing in a, in a fail run uh, many moons ago. So um myself and my 10 year old daughter decided uh once we got up to uh the clarkmore stone we'll we'd just carry on up and to... she beat you up it obviously oh for fuck's sake absolutely she was racing up there and i'm panting and behind her as, as we got to the top of of sleeve martin yeah but my god what a beautiful beautiful place right on our doorstep so yeah belfast tells us exactly the same the the, the plateau at the top of colin glen is is really worth getting up to and having a look around and that's interesting and i'm gonna you know just jump in there and talk about views um i was up at the monument on my bike uh if you happen to know this so you go past green island and a, and a colleague of mine uh cycles up there every morning nearly he says you should go up and cycle there and uh, that's the war memorial at uh, just up okay. green island it's absolutely uh, the views over Belfast. Totally give you a different perspective now than at the top of Divis. Just totally different. Yeah. On top so of so Divis, that's the, the Naka War Memorial you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the Naka War. That's exactly it. And well, I'll, 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 with, with, with digress very, very quickly. When I was a student in University of Ulster as an athlete, our, our Monday club run was from University of Ulster, Jordanstown, Jordanstown. up to Naka and back again. Oh. So. Every single Monday we ran to the top of that. And I, I mean, there was international standard athletes racing to yep. the top of Naka. It was yep. phenomenal. But I can't say really I stopped and enjoyed the view. But that's the point okay. that now in my, my slower years, yeah. that's what we need to do. We need to look around us and stop and, and have a look at what, what is on our doorstep because it is just fantastic. Well, I think you're right. You, I mean, you're turning, you, I mean, you, you've coined that the groundswell, the groundswell of opinion and demand, and this pent up demand is is yes, is being brought to the fore by what's happened over the last fifteen months. You know, there's no doubt, and it was happening anyway, Colin. There was the yeah. the move towards you know the slow tourism and and, and 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 awakening of heritage and tourism and the importance across the end of Ireland. That has that has been happening, but this has been accelerated. You know, and it's slightly different to the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland where the 5k restrictions were being enforced yes. which were at 3k actually <laughs> we're enforcing people to go out 
and I know the um, the Heritage uh, Group in in, in uh, Republic of Ireland uh, the Heritage Association were looking at that very very closely as, as different initiatives to discover what's in within your three K radius. So you mm-hmm. are spot on about you know people discovering what's on the drum, myself included. And, you know, I've rediscovered what's on around the history of Drumbo, if you know that part of the world, Drumbo Tower, and uh, the old surrounds, and back to the Giants Ring and its significance, and Minoburn, and that these are all Beaver Forest Park, the oldest yeah. forest park, and I think in Ireland, I could be wrong, but certainly it's, it's fantastic. You know, those are all within five kilometres from where I live. Yeah. And <clears throat> I've Brilliant. paid them more attention in the last year because of, what's what's happened you know i suppose finally then colin um in terms of the longer term plans it's very very exciting what's happening within 2022 um you know getting to 25 and 2030 of uh maybe i'm asking the, the genie the genie question here but you know if you're anything else you know that you're kind of thinking you would love to see happening within the next decade well, I think one of the most important things that, that we need to keep emphasizing is that our our core objective is the protection and development of the forest park and the natural environment. Um, so everything we do is about the sustainability of, of the organization to, to make sure that Colin Glen continues to exist and thrive as an environmental project. So everything that we're, we're doing, you know, that that in a way almost limits us. You know, we can't, as you say, become a, a Tato Park. We need to be selective in what we're going to do. It needs to be innovative and it needs to be something that isn't obtrusive within the, the environment. So one of the, one of the first things that, that we, uh, as I mentioned, we, we have the, uh, the three phases of the, of the future vision. And the next phase really is improving the, the path network not just within the forest park, but connecting our two sites along the Collin River. And we've looked at, at uh, um, extending the, the path network down into a bit of green space uh, that connects up to the golf course. With a view to that then forming part of a, a, a greenway within the sort of uh, within this part of Belfast, if you like, West Belfast, up into the Belfast Hills as well. So that's something that um, we're keeping an eye on and we're talking to there's there's quite a, a few people involved in that, obviously within the hills and politically within West Belfast as well. Sure. So we're we see that as that we're part of that, uh, and I think that would be a good project for us to be included in. We've already started in terms of trying to develop a new visitor center. Um, we're uh, talking to various funders about that. We're looking at residential sort of dorm style accommodation. Mm-hmm. Um, within a visitor center at the top of the forest park within the plateau, yeah. Um, so that's that's taken up a bit of a bit of time and effort, and uh, there is a bit of interest in that. So hopefully, within the next few Are years, you in three years, years there, within the next three years, five years. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we, we've we've had an indication of of financial support, uh, so we're at about twenty five percent of where we would need to be financially. Um, but you'll know yourself, you know, once you get that that sort of first bit of support, then you tend to get a few more coming on the back of that. So hopefully we can um, we can accelerate that project once we get these next uh, few weeks over us and get the current attractions I mean, open. The longer term Greenway, you know, is part of linking all the way to the Belfast Hills, you know, and uh, I mean, that's 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 fantastic and that's i suppose what i was getting at and if that is part of a vision for you know in the next yeah, and if you if years. you see you know the Conswater greenway and, yep. and over in east belfast i mean it's fantastic it's beautiful uh it really is open to everybody as well so that's that's 
part of the reason why we want to do this and why you want to be involved uh, in that. Oh, there's and, lovely linkages there, I suppose. Natural fit, yeah. At the new bridge at Strandmillis is what, you know, the new bridge been put in as well and uh, along the Lagan and then the, the um, uh, I suppose the Lagan Valley Regional Park as well. And, and you can go, as, as you probably know, you can cycle now from Lisburn, well, yeah. all the way to Carrickfergus, actually, you know, you know um, so I suppose linking that up in, in the next five to 10 years, either for walking or for cycling would be fantastic. Mark, I think, I think from walking and cycling, you know, if you, if you think about what this potential greenway could be up into Divis over to Cave Hill, back down onto the Loch Shore and mm. back in and mm. connecting to East Belfast. I mean, there's a, there's a monster trail there which people just need to actually see the see the potential of it and, and sit around a table and go okay let's make this happen so uh we're keen to be part of that Karen, and, and hopefully we can we can play a role in that um but i think one of the things just you know you're a big advocate of of technology we we have fantastic history and heritage which was discovered in our sort of first 20 years going back to you know jurassic times and triassic times even yep um with the um, our our park warden, who I mentioned before, Paul Bennett, found part of a uh, a vertebrae of a, a plesiosaur. So, you know, our history and heritage goes back millions of years. Yeah. But bringing it right up, bringing it to life, and bringing it right up to date through the sort of plantation times and the penal times, the the likes of the highwayman of Colin Glen, Nishio Hahian and his band of brothers, mm-hmm. uh, and even the sort of you know, the story of Bell Steel and the yeah. Mass Rock, as well as the mythology around the likes of the Black Bull. There's so many amazing stories that I want to get told to anybody coming along for the Forest Park. So it's not all just about adrenaline and outdoor tourism yeah. uh, of an adventure that type. That could be facilitated through, you know, interpretation through your guides, um, I, through your local walking guides or tour guides, as well as using technology. Absolutely. And I think I think we, we almost have to start with, you know, signage and leaflets and yeah. on the website and, and uh, maybe an app and things like that, but then look to develop it into an AR program uh, and a VR program as well. And I, I've, I kind of like the idea of that because, you know, going back when we were looking at, you know, putting statues and uh, interpretive panels within the forest park, I kind of thought, well, it is a risk within an urban park so why don't we explore the virtual world so i I got into it quite a bit a few years ago and uh i'm glad to say that technology is making this realistic so we do want to sort of bring that history and heritage to life in an in an ar and vr way so uh, i'm looking forward to really exploring the potential for that over the next few years yeah well that's that's a lovely note to finish on today because uh um, I, I am an advocate of that, and I know you attended at Southern Regional College our recent workshop on AR and VR when we did, yeah. focused a lot in on the Anne Frank uh, Museum experience. There would be cost, obviously, attached to that, but you know Absolutely. you don't have to go to that high end. Technology has moved on a lot. Um, I, 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 I'm in favour, I, I suppose, and I'll close on this. Is very much on this hybrid model where you do have your technology, but I also love the interaction with the local guide with. Yeah the local accent and the local storytelling. I love that. And I love having both. And I think technology can play a big part in getting me to the destination. And when I get there, uh, there will be technology, but also 
it will be leading me to meet face to face that local uh, animator and yeah. storyteller, maybe in costume, Colin. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> very, <laughs> you know? You'll know as well as I do. There's there's plenty of good storytellers around West Belfast. There there definitely are, Colin. I want to say thank you very very much for uh, taking part in this. Pleasure. It's been it's been fascinating, really has in, in in the true sense of of optimism, Colin. You know, yeah. you've given you've given listeners in the broader reach of this podcast um, a real sense of optimism and tourism, and uh, it's been just a. Uh, a real pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I wish you would continue success. You will have many challenges, of course. Certainly, we'd be delighted to support you at Southern Regional College in any way we can. And uh, on a personal note, I'm looking forward to... You've got so many things I have to come and see. <laughs> I've just gone through my list here. <laughs> well, we'll give, you, we'll give you an invite, Karen, and get, get you up and you can be the, one of the yeah, first... Yeah, so listen, thanks again, Colin, and take care. Brilliant, Karen. Thanks okay, for the thank invite. You. Cheers. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, was not a really interesting chat that I had with Colin. Wow, I can't wait for these new facilities, toboggan runs and zip lines to open this summer. Uh, I think I'll have to give them a go and have a wee look again at that new mountain biking trail. Um, you can get Colin at the colinglen.org is the is the website and give a give you a good idea of of what's going on. And the notes from today will be in our podcast notes on tomorrow'svisitors.com. I really enjoyed chatting to Colm and finding out um, a bit more about his vision. And, you know, it's not a really interesting idea of having like a 50k circuit where you can go around Belfast, you know, linking up with Belfast Hills and Belfast Lock and the city centre in the Lagan Valley. Really, really interesting developments. And I think um, what Colin Glenn is doing is a great example, not just to Belfast, but to other regions across the world, uh, across Ireland and the world, to see how, you know, you can look at tourism development, work with the local communities, and with a bit of vision, you can grow tourism in a sustainable way. So once again, thanks for listening and take care. Thank you for listening to Tomorrow's Visitors podcast. Please check out our website at www.tomorrowsvisitors.com for a summary of this episode and useful links. We're always looking to hear about new ideas, different destinations, the latest innovation in technology and in tourism. So please get in touch on our social channels. If you get a chance, please review this Tomorrow's Visitor podcast on iTunes, as this helps us with spreading our message. So from me, Kieran Swale, thanks for listening.